and, and when I'm with complaining people, I, I show empathy, but after a while I leave. So there is a relational damage to complaining. It may for a moment allow somebody to enter into your pity party, but eventually you'll be isolated and left alone. Welcome to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. It's been said that complaining is unbelief verbalized, and complaining can be an emotional spiral that's hard to break free from. But it's also said that thanksgiving is faith verbalized. Here's David with some practical ways we can overcome the trap of negativity in a message he calls Thanksgiving in All Things. We're to give thanks in how many things? I know you hate it, but I looked up the word all in the dictionary this week. It means, it means all. It means all, folks. And in everything, we are to give thanks to God for somehow he's working out his will in everything. It's easy to thank God in the good stuff, isn't it? Lord, give me that kind of sense of thanksgiving. Because somehow, you're in it. Somehow, you're working everything together for good. Somehow, your will is being done. Now, you need to know, I don't think you're supposed to give thanks for things like cancer, things like child abuse, gang killings, forcing yourself on someone. I don't think we're supposed to give thanks for that because they're never a part of God's original intent. God didn't create the world with that kind of evil. It's part of the fall and the brokenness of our world. But though we don't give thanks for those things happening, we give thanks for God working even through those. That's what we do. It's hard to understand, but it's a powerful spiritual tool. Folks, we talk about spiritual disciplines like prayer and and fasting. Here's a spiritual discipline that's often overlooked. It's the powerful spiritual discipline of giving thanks to God during the bad times. It is a tool the enemy And we do have an enemy of our souls, don't we? Who hates us, wants to destroy us. When we give thanks to God in the bad things that he is the author of, God's not the author of evil, the evil one is. When we give thanks during those times, he says, you mean I did that to you and you still love God? And you still give thanks to him and you still praise him? It thwarts and neuters his power like nothing else. It's a spiritual discipline to choose to give thanks to God in the bad times. Now, let me share with you what I think is the opposite of thanksgiving that my bet is will touch every single one of us today. The opposite of thanksgiving is complaining. And God hates complaining because the major reason that God allows the bad stuff to happen. He's sovereign over it and he's using it for good. The major reason he lets it happen in your life is so you won't complain and you'll be driven deeply into him. God's goal for every one of our lives, mine especially, is to drive me deeply into Christ. It's to drive us into him where we totally and finally surrender everything to him where we live in complete dependence upon him and nothing else in this world. 
where we say, be still and know that I am God regularly in our hearts. I'm going to cease striving and I'm going to trust you, Lord, totally and completely. Are you there yet? We cling to such puny things of this world, the tawdry baubles of this kingdom that don't last forever. And God wants to pry our puny fingers away from the things of this world that don't last and grasp him and him alone. Giving thanks in all things allows that to happen. When you wait upon the Lord and you don't have what you want, you learn the spiritual discipline of waiting, you're practicing giving thanks in all things. And you're trusting God to work it out in his plan, in his way. But be careful about complaining. It's the opposite of thanksgiving. In fact, Paul in Philippians 2 verse 14 said, do all things without grumbling or disputing or, or complaining. Do, I hate that word all, don't you? <laughs> We're never supposed to complain, never. But let me give you some facts. And this comes from psychology today, not from the Bible, though all truth is God's truth. Here's some facts about complaining. First of all, scientists have studied complaining and that every single human being complains of at least once every minute. Every minute, it becomes a habit within us. And, and here's what happens in your brain when you start to complain. Your neurons fire whenever you express any emotion, especially one that's negative. And if one keeps happening over and over again, there's a, a phrase that scientists use, um, if your brain fires it, it wires it. If your brain fires it, it wires it. So when you think a negative thought, especially complaining, your brain fires it, and the more you do it, the more the neurons start massing outward and they start building bridges to one another. So that complaining becomes a habit. It's something you do all the time. What you need to know though is complaining has serious consequences, first of all, to your physical health. The place in the brain where those neurons fire and start to build bridges to one another is the place in your brain where Alzheimer's most happens. So maybe one of the cures to Alzheimer's is learning how to give thanks in all things. When you start having those neurons fire more and more, they release into your body cortisol. And for those of you who are physically smart, you know cortisol is what's released when you go into a fight or flight mode. It's your body's way of giving you what you need when you're in a tough situation, either to face it or to run away. But too much cortisol can cause all kinds of problems in your human body. It's been directly related to belly fat. It's directly related to diabetes. It's directly related to high cholesterol. <laughs> 
It's directly related to heart disease. You get the picture. That complaining causes bad physical health. It also causes relational problems. There's something in social science called neural mirroring. What's that? It's whenever someone releases an emotion they're feeling, it causes others to be drawn to it. There's a good neural mirroring. What's that? It's empathy. When you have someone who expresses something to you that's painful in their lives, you're drawn to enter into their world and try to help them, right? That's a good thing. But when it's complaining, it initially draws people to you and in a bad way, the person drawn to you starts mirroring the very neural imaging, the complaining that's going on. So that a person who's drawn into that complaining becomes a what? A complainer. Think of secondhand smoke. You're in a place where one or two or five people are smoking and you inhale that smoke, you start to take on potentially the very symptoms of that smoke in their lives in your own. So when you're around complaining people, either you'll be drawn into it and start complaining yourself and then what you do is you have a huge pity party with your friends. And that person will stay with you probably for a season. Then afterwards, isn't this true? They get tired of the negativism and the complaining and the downers. And eventually, what happens? They leave. I can't speak for you, but I want to be surrounded by people who believe in my dreams, who have hopes in what God may do in my life who think positive about who I am in my future. And when I'm with complaining people, I show empathy, but after a while I leave. So there is a relational damage to complaining. It may for a moment allow somebody to enter into your pity party, but eventually you'll be isolated and left alone. That's why God hates complaining. It has Physical ramifications, emotional ramifications, relational ramifications. If you remember, God freed the Israelites from the captivity of the Egyptians. He parted the Red Sea. They got to the other side. The Egyptians were all killed, and they throw one praise party. Thanksgiving is everywhere around them. They thank God for his deliverance. It's beautiful. And then they go out into the wilderness and suddenly food is a bit scarce, there's not much water, and what do they start doing? They start, what folks? Complaining. And God listens to it, and after a while he says, okay, you complain, you remain. You complain, you remain. And what did he do? 40 laps around the wilderness for 40 years until they died off and a new generation filled with faith came to the fore. You see, folks, complaining is unbelief verbalized. Complaining is unbelief verbalized, and God hates unbelief. But thanksgiving is faith 
verbalized. Thanksgiving is faith verbalized. And thanksgiving is saying to God, no matter what's going on, I thank you because I know somehow, some way, though it's tough, you're in it, you're working through it, it's for good, I may not see it for a while, but I trust you. I'm totally dependent upon you. I surrender everything to you. And Thanksgiving replaces complaining, which is where God wants us to be, and gives us several key things. First of all, an inward spiritual happiness. The cortisol is not released like it is. And those wonderful positive endorphins are released with our thanksgiving and we live in personal happiness. There is the reality of improved relationships because positive people, people filled with joy and thanksgiving draw positive people. There's the personal health improvement, obviously. And finally, there is enhanced performance. For if you have more energy, you have a clearer mind, you'll make better decisions, and at work, you will achieve better success. So there's a practical reason to be thankful, isn't there? That's why God instructs so clearly in his word, do everything without grumbling or complaining. And in everything, give thanks to God, for this is his will for you. He's working out his will even in the bad stuff. So it's easy to praise God in the good stuff, isn't it? It's harder in the bad stuff, but it's a spiritual discipline, a surrender to God, and when it's done, folks, it has enormous physical, mental, emotional, spiritual benefits for us all. So this Christmas, this Christmas, let me exhort all of you to learn the power of thanksgiving. You wanna start in a new way? Please tell me yes. You do? Okay, you wanna start in a new way? Here's how you can start to practice the power of thanksgiving in all things. Let, let's start with Christmas. First of all, give thanks to God for the cradle. Give thanks to God for that baby born in the cradle. Did you ever think about the reality that you didn't have to negotiate with God for him to send his son into the world? He didn't beg him or coerce him. He did so by his own divine election. <laughs> by his love, he saw the state of your bitterness, anger, resentment, all that separated you from him, and he pursued you first. And the evidence is the cradle. So thank God this Christmas for the cradle, that God initiated his love for you. Then remember, really Christmas is always connected to Easter. Thank God for the cross, that that baby grew up and became a man. And this man, Jesus, God in human flesh, lived the perfect life that none of us could ever live. He went to a cross to die for the forgiveness of our sins, taking our sin upon him and giving us the forgiveness of our sins. Thank God this Christmas for the forgiveness of your sins. You, if you've given your life to Jesus, you don't need to live in that guilt and shame anymore. Isn't that good news? It's all taken upon him. Thank God for the cross. And thank God for the conquest. 
because three days after Jesus died, he was raised from the dead. Yes, there've been plenty of people who have come back from life after death, but they've only been resuscitated. They've had to face death again, haven't they? But Jesus is the only man who's ever lived who's resurrected and never faced death again. And that resurrection proves he's God. And if God died for yours and my sins, that means they're truly forgiven. You can't keep a good God down. The resurrection proves the enormous love of God for you and me. So this Christmas, thank God for the conquest, the resurrection, the proof that his love is stronger than our sin. No matter what you've done, I don't care what you've done to disappoint God. An abortion, if you've even stolen from somebody, it's not greater than the love of God. You're forgiven. So thank God for that resurrection. And finally, the crown. The cradle, the cross, the conquest, and the crown. Thank God for, as you're faithful to him, somehow, some way, when we get to heaven, <laughs> we're gonna get a crown. A glorious crown, a reward for having served him. So begin there, will you? This Christmas, develop an attitude of gratitude. Thank God for all things, the good and the bad. When you do, it drives you deeply into him and you know the power of the cradle, the cross, the conquest, and the crown. This is Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Thanks for listening. Coming up, David joins me in the studio with thoughts on today's moment of hope. We'll be right back. This is the Ministry Minute, focusing on ministries that have a positive impact on our community. I'm Mark McManus, and with me today is Bart Noonan with West Boulevard Ministry. Bart, tell us about West Boulevard Ministry. Uh, thank you, Mark, for this opportunity to speak about West Boulevard Ministry, and, and more importantly, about Jesus Christ. West Boulevard Ministry serves the spiritual and physical needs of the families and the communities within the West Boulevard quarter to the glory of Jesus Christ. Whether we're doing neighborhood outreach cookouts, gatherings where we're bringing people outside of their apartments, their homes, into fellowship with one another, or we're doing Bible study bingo the first Wednesday of every month at Little Rock Apartments. And uh, we gather anywhere from 50 to 70 children that we share the gospel with and we play bingo after our Bible study portion of the night. And a couple weeks ago, there's a young man who we've been walking with now close to three years who came in, he, he forgot something, like a lot of young, young kids do, he forgot something in the um, space, and he came back in and he ended up praying out myself and all the other volunteers for the West Boulevard ministry team that were gathered there for that night and led us all in prayer and closed it out. And this young man, we've been taking to church every every Sunday for about the past year and a half. And, and that's what it's all about. It's about providing an opportunity for Jesus Christ to work inside someone's heart and, and then encourage them along the way. That sounds great. Now, Bart, if any of our listeners want to get in contact with you, how would they do that? The best way to do is uh, either email myself at bart at westboulevardministry.org or they can call me straight up in my cell phone and I always answer. I'm sort of like a doctor. The phone's always on and that's 980-298-9027. I would encourage folks too to also go to our website, which is westboulevardministry.org and there you can see some of our photo galleries. You can see some of the blogs and a lot of things we do throughout the West Boulevard Corridor to the glory of Jesus Christ. It is great having you with us today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. 
I'm Jen Houston, and with me today is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you for being with us today. It's wonderful being with you as well, Jen. Well, in this morning's Moment of Hope, you wrote about developing an attitude of gratitude, and this sounds tailor-made for this Thanksgiving holiday. Well, it really should, but it's not just for Thanksgiving week and Thanksgiving day tomorrow, but it's for every day of our lives. We've got to develop an attitude of gratitude. Jen, you know this. I have a counseling degree from the University of Florida. I could hang out a shingle and be a full-time counselor. That's not God's call upon my life. I could do that. But I really believe in what's called rational therapy. And what that means is that you have to admit what's going on in your world. Acknowledge the reality of what's happened to you before you can ever get well. And one of the ways rational therapy really works is by renewing your mind, changing your thought life. Because you really are what you think. Some people jokingly say you are what you eat, and there's some truth to that. Mm -hmm. You need to guard your diet, but you are what you think. Whatever you allow into your mind and your mind focuses on, that's what you'll ultimately feel, and that feeling then will ultimately cause you to behave either positively or negatively. So if you want to change behavior, change your mind, Mm -hmm. change your thinking patterns, and change your attitude. Paul said in Romans 12, too, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So Mm -hmm. folks, if you want to change your behavior, change how you think and make sure you spend a lot of time giving thanks to God for all of the many benefits that he has given to us. When you drive out those dark and despairing thoughts and replace them with positive, thankful thoughts, eventually your feelings will start to feel Feelings of Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's the way it works. It's amazing. This is a phrase that I tell my kids all the time. Let's be grateful for the given. Let's have an attitude of gratitude. And a practical application that a mom friend of mine has with her children is if they're each given a cookie and one might have a little more sprinkles on it or, or something, and one child says, well, I didn't, that's not fair. She immediately takes that cookie from that child and gives it to the other one. To the other one. one? Oh my. <laughs> and they learn that lesson so early yeah. on, they don't say it anymore. And I was like, okay, kids, I'm going to do that with you. And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> we right. won't say it's not fair. But being grateful for the given is such a powerful thing. I think so too, Jen. And when we are, our attitude changes toward gratitude and we are then filled with feelings of joy and thanksgiving. And we can then be the kind of people that God wants us to be. Um, I just can't overstate this enough. You are what you think. And folks, if you are always demanding of God more and more mm-hmm. and not stopping and being thankful for what you have, it could well be that God is like that parent Jen is describing and saying, okay, if you're not thankful for what you have, I'll just give it to somebody else. Yeah. And then you're left with even more emptiness in your heart. Wow. There's just something powerful about saying, thank you, God, and also listing out, counting all of your blessings that he has given to you. It it really is. I know somebody who actually took a practice to writing letters of gratitude towards people in their lives of influence uh, that have influenced them. And it was a a transformative process for them. It's amazing. It is. It's just, again, practicing Thanksgiving and developing an attitude of gratitude. And when you do, you're never the same. Folks, remember that 
message, especially today, the day before Thanksgiving. Develop that Thanksgiving heart and you'll never be the same. Well, thank you so much for your thoughts today, David. Thank you, listeners, for joining me. And if you would like to receive a daily Moment of Hope, go to momentsofhopechurch.org. You can subscribe there. They'll arrive in written form in your inbox at 7 a.m. from my heart to yours to give your day a beginning point of hope. This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, Senior Pastor of Moments of Hope Church. We'd love to have you join us for worship this Sunday morning. We meet at Providence Day School, located at 5800 Sardis Road in South Charlotte at 10 a.m. You can find more information on our website, momentsofhopechurch.org. Again, come join us this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Providence Day School, located at 5800 Sardis Road in South Charlotte. Our web address is momentsofhopechurch.org. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, this is Jen Houston, hoping that you truly enjoy time with friends and family this Thanksgiving.